Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Demas. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Uh, great, Dennis. We have had a very busy week. I mean, just this last week has been very really busy. Yeah, from the right. entertainment, pop culture world, and personal sure, life, sure. things like that. So it's been it's been a busy thing. Uh, my news I have, I guess, is that, uh, well, as much as you can say officially, I've sold my house. So that's a big thing. Um, nice. The when I, when I say as as official as you can, because those who have sold a house know that you sell a house, you make an agreement, and then there's thirty days of going back and forth with inspections and fixes and changes to contracts, and then that can still fall through. So I've made a deal, and we're in the thirty day process of that. So um, yeah, as as people are fond of saying, it's probably the largest financial decision most people will ever make Mm -hmm. um a lot of people this used to be true and i feel like is less true all the time um a lot of people used to do it once right yeah just once and then yeah 30 years and sell it off and live in it till you die or whatever (laughs) yeah that's that's less common now um yeah i i have owned I guess I technically own another house now, so I've owned two houses, not at the same time. Yeah, yeah, um, it's 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 a thing. I, I'm gonna actually own two at the same time here because the the uh, the other news of that is that um, they've moved up my um, closing date for the new build, and we close on that Monday. So I'll own that house Monday, which is nice. Like a week from today is the, is the thing. Um, right. So that's a that's a very big thing. So in the next month, it's going to be big times for Michael here uh, in Indiana. We've got moving and and um, house buying and fixing and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's quite a big thing. On top of all that, we have all this huge movement happening last week with the San Diego Comic Con that happened, and mm-hmm. it tends to be besides just comics, it tends to be a, a mecca for pop culture moving and shaking but um sure. i think we're basically going to be able to just sit and focus on the movie aspect of it today because we just it's just too much to really go through uh how's how's been how's your last week been you've been moving anywhere doing anything cool uh uneventful no it's too uh generally the the weather is too inhospitable to do anything particularly interesting here in central pennsylvania mm-hmm. um I think I talked about this last week, but uh, I'm I'm planning this upcoming weekend to make the drive back to Indiana. I have a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff to take care of back there. There's a couple projects I want to work on with the camper that are hard to do at camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's my plan. I'm not. I haven't finalized the exact details of the trip back. I might try and stop somewhere interesting are you gonna finally add on that second level to your camper build a second floor yeah yeah and make it all 220 (laughs) make it all 220 (laughs) well well done (laughs) that was a good comeback there (laughs) make it all 220 uh yeah so so i will say we we talked about last week um we were going to discuss things like um um what's fam what's the word i think i hear fam um F-A-M show. For All Mankind. For All Mankind. We were going to talk about that. We were going to talk about Orville, The Expanse. We're probably not going to do any of that, listeners, because 
we didn't expect the amount of stuff that came out of there to talk about that, but we will continue that on later on. I know I finally caught up to, uh, where we're at in season three for, for all mankind. You're there too, Dennis. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm getting close to, I think Mm -hmm. I'm getting close to the end of season three of the expanse. Yeah. It's moving up on there. Uh, finally starting to, I don't want to say finally starting to get interesting. Uh, I'm at the part of the story where the three factions are kind of um, intersecting. Mm-hmm. The um, uh, Kalaskani, I can't think of her name. Um, the the Belter captain. Yes. The woman. Yes. Um, she's there, and the guy, uh, he's, I, I, he, I always want to call him Jonathan Price, but it's not Jonathan Price. Like, there's an old guy, uh, an old belter, who's there. It's like her XO. Mm-hmm. I, I like him a lot. Um, there's a lot of stuff with... Uh, a Klaus, I think. Klaus or Klaus. David Stratham plays him. Or Strahan yeah, yeah, or something. That's, that's him. Like, I've seen him in a lot of, in a lot of TV shows. I mean, yeah. all of like these shows, they get a lot of the same kind of Canadian actors who do yeah. a lot of sci-fi kind I of stuff. I dig him a lot. And, and Carmina, drummer is my favorite Her one of my favorite it, yeah. if not if not my very favorite uh expanse character so and she did grow on me it took a long time but right um anything yeah. else more i could say about that is going to be a spoiler so yeah yeah it, it, it it'll uh go into it but it, so. it, it's it's uh the expanses every season is one of those like you know you you have the first maybe half maybe not it's 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 different but uh a lot of back filling not filling but like getting you kind of set up for the big arcs, right? You know, you're getting a lot of backstory of what's happening or you're meeting people and that kind of stuff. So the expanse always felt like a slow burn, you know, that, that happens. And then when you're done with it, you feel like, wow, that was a thing that I watched, right? That was a, that was quite a whole piece and you can't see the whole piece until the season's over. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I get where you're at with that. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll, and we'll talk about that, you know, hopefully next week. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you're ahead of me on the Orville by one episode. I got to watch one of those. It's kind of yeah. Coming out. There's a there's a new one of those. Yeah. I which we'll put out I, the next week as well. I played some video games this weekend, but nothing too interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, some time ago, I bought a game called Frostpunk. Oh, I I, play I, played, I, I like yeah it. I beat that one. Yeah, as much uh, as you can I, beat it. Survival was pretty much. Yeah, I only played one mission and failed fairly early on, and it was. I found it too frustrating. Like now that I know that there might come a day again where I'm in the right frame of mind for Mm. that kind of challenge. I kind of was playing it to kill time while my laptop was re-downloading Divinity Original Sin 2, Mm -hmm. which uh, some people on one of my other discords were talking about. And I was like, maybe I should give that another try, dude. Maybe I can get an OP combo, you know, two character combo that'll make me breathe. And it's... It's not. It's how I remembered it before. Everything's very tedious. Uh-huh. My gamer instincts compel me to check every box and crate and loot this like six to ten gold at a time. And then uh, you still don't. That, that'll really destroy you playing those games. Gold to right? buy a bunch of stuff. And then you get in combat and it's all very uh, uh, punishing and unforgiving. And I'm like, this was a waste of three hours. <laughs> um, I might. I might buy and play that cat game everybody's raving about, Stray. Yeah. Uh, That looks interesting to me, but there's also a new um, 
a new event starting in Final Fantasy fourteen, so I'll probably do that. Huh. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're doing a. That's all of my my video game. I I don't have much to update there. I've I've been playing my regular like um, Diablo, and um, hmm. th- there's a new event type uh, adventure for that. So I've been kind of doing that. I did I did log in a day or two and and saw that on. Yeah, Diablo. we we it's 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 the the way to play Diablo is the reason same reason you always play Diablo is it's just mindless grinding that's fun. I mean, there's you can't say anything about it like it's right. Diablo. Like that, that's, that's something it is. It's just Diablo. There's nothing. It's the same reason almost I play Overwatch. It's like, you know, it's, it's solid in what it is, right? It's mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not learning new detailed things, seeing new mechanics or anything any, from week to week. It's just, you know, I can do this thing that I like to do for a certain amount of time. So that's, that's that. Um, and I'm still enjoying that. And when, when I stop enjoying that is when I'll stop playing that. Right. Um, right. and I play, I'm playing, what free time I get to play when I sit down and play, I'm playing, um, I'm still playing Paladins. It's a, like a Overwatch type game for, uh, the PlayStation. And it's been out for a while. I've talked about the show and mm-hmm. it's got a Ruby crossover, RWBY. Um, so I had bought the battle pass for that and I'm working through trying to make unlocks for the characters that I like. Cause I like Ruby. Um, so that, but that's not new, right? So um, just playing those a little bit more and enjoying my time with that, but not, you know, it's so many things have been going on. I have not played, play, sit down and play video games. I, I did load up the um, Viking Assassin's Creed. So I, I realized that I'm like five or six years behind the last oh, time I played a, a, yeah, uh, a, 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 I don't, games. yeah, I, I never played Valhalla. I played the Greek one, Odyssey. That's, that's newer than what I played. The last one I played before was Black Flag, which was the pirate one. Which I absolutely I, loved. Yeah, I played a lot. I played a lot of Black Flag. I played a minute of Origins, the Egyptian one, mm-hmm. and I played a, at least a few hours of of Odyssey. I, I have I own Odyssey, and I have not played that one either. And I and I own this one, and and, and I I want to play. I do I absolutely love that, that that series. It's it's another one of those things like I don't think they necessarily innovate per se. They I I shouldn't say that because they probably do. I don't. You know, I'm not one of those every year players, but I uh, every time I've played a uh, an Assassin's Creed game, I really thoroughly enjoy it, and, and it's just enjoy yeah. it for the for that same reason you said not not playing Divinity. I like finding all the little loots and I finding all the little extra stuff, and you know, yeah, they got more they got or, more RPG like over time, which mm-hmm. is kind of annoying and frustrating. Yeah, but sure. With the other. Also, um. The, the 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 story the like Desmond stuff of the of the two series was also kind of lame. So yes, um, I I don't I don't I I don't like the um, I don't like the f- I know it's the whole setup which is a very neat original thing of the Assassin's Creed games are like it's a virtual reality simulation right in the future so you're actually right. in the future which is that's a, such a cool concept right but the actual future parts of all those games are really lame maybe somebody can write in and say like oh you're missing this game which actually utilizes it well but it's always when they take you out and bring you back into the future when you're walking around the future in, world it's always in lame the modern world you don't have any powers or anything and i'm like what what is this this is not what i signed up for yeah and i don't like this part put me back in you know coach uh mm-hmm. so so anyway i i do i do have that in the machine now um, I made a terrible mistake is that I, uh, I bought the, I bought the overwatch two beta thing. I'm it's like overwatch mm. two is free, but you get skins and 
coins, whatever, right? Yeah. But I, I paid the $40, something like that for, um, to get all the extra bonuses when it launches and it gives you access to the beta. It's one of those, I love the game. I know I'm going to play the game. I would play the game. I played the crap years of Overwatch. I'm going to definitely play this one. Uh, so I'm going to give them my money up front for it. And I want to play that beta a little bit. I didn't read it right. And the beta goes until July 18th. And I thought it like started July 18th. So I went to download it like last week. And I was like, why isn't oh, it over. even available? And I'm like, oh man. Mm. So, oh well, I was going to play it. It's not, it's not that big. I mean, I we have lots of games to play and movies to watch, things like that. Like, sure. you know, I'll, I'll get to it whenever it launches in October, probably, or maybe I'll have another beta, but I, I was kind of looking for that one. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the thing I did get to watch. Um, I went, I did go to the movie theater this weekend and watched the movie. Nope. Um, that was, I, I am surprised that you saw that. It doesn't, from the trailers, it didn't seem like your cup of tea. I agree. I, my, my option was, uh, I wanted to go to the theater. I wanted to sit in theaters, you know, I got the, I have the A-list plat, uh, thing so I can just go there. Oh, the right. card, card thing. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I pay $20 a month and I can go to three a week for, doesn't cost me anything. So it doesn't hurt to go. And I like to sit there and um, this the the last weekend, last full weekend without the kids in town. Um, Lola's mm-hmm. up at, at her grandma's and Sydney's at their mom's. They come back next, but they both come back next weekend. So I wanted to make sure that I, I went and spent some time and took my, by myself. Right. Um, and the options were Thor, Nope, a couple kids shows like Lightyear and um, Minions, which I'll maybe watch with the kids. And I do watch Lightyear. Um, and then some other show. Oh, there was like the, the black telephone is what it's called or something like that, which is a horror scary thing. So I was like, well, you got Nope and this other scary movie. So they're both scary movies. I'll go ahead and watch this one. And I knew by that one trailer I watched, it might have stuff to do with aliens and I'm a sci-fi guy. So what the Mm -hmm. roll the dice? Um, just long short of that. I really liked it. I really did. I'm surprised. Um, maybe it was part of that thing about not, not knowing, much about it right not being obsessed with trailers and whatnot and it was well shot like good directing good cinematography uh great acting which i was surprised about because i the um trailer the characters don't seem too interesting and then when you're watching it they're in like one of the characters almost intentionally made that way and Mm. it's it's like it's important right this guy's just not a people person and he just and it's he's has troubles and difficulties with that. And there's this other character that helps him. Right. But if you just see that character by yourself, like this guy's frustrating. I don't like this guy. Right. right. Um, so when, when I watched it, I'm, I'm finding myself saying like, Oh, this that's good acting is what that is. That guy's doing a right. good job of acting and I can see that. And it's really great. And I get what he's trying to do and I get the feeling and I know people like that. And it, it was, that was well done. And then all the other characters on that show were also the same way. They were like, Oh, you're doing a great job and I get what, who you are, right? I get who you are by how you're acting. Good writing. Um, it's got a good, cool story to it. Um, that I, I liked the nice thing about this thing is that so many genre films these days that you go and watch have plot holes like crazy. And you and I will say that the, the phrase, Oh, when you're watching this kind of movie, you don't, you don't pull on the strings too much. Right. This one yeah. was, is that still that genre? And didn't have a lot of those strings to pull. Like you could pull on most of the strings and it it's solidly tied up. Like, oh yeah, they they this is why they're not doing that. Or this is why this happened. And it's all pretty clear. Um, which I really enjoyed. Um so and I can't talk much about the rest of the movie because it is one of those ones that 
you don't know what's happening. You spoil it. Yeah. yeah, you don't know what's going on. What's kind of the point? And then as it goes on, you start. You quickly find the point. It's not like you're you're confused the whole movie. You're very you're very understanding for the for the first after the first like 30, 40 minutes. You know you're oh this is what this movie is. Um, but man, I'll tell you what, I definitely classify it as uh, a scary movie, sci-fi scary horror maybe. Um, I said in our our group, it's like watching the movie. Um, Mel Gibson movie, The Signs, but not terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. That that movie did not make sense. But anyway, um, it's like that, you know, and with like real people and living out in the country or something and there's aliens. Uh, but man, it's got some, it's got some really um, heart pounding moments, I guess. There's. Yeah, I, I got yeah. that impression from the trailer. I it's got it does it and it does the whole like sound and visual stuff that you're just uh, I'm going to describe one and it's not a spoiler because it almost opens up there's this one point where this chimpanzee has blood all over his like fresh blood all over his hands and his mouth okay. and he's a chimpanzee like an animal right and he's sitting there on this yeah. thing and there's this kid hiding under a table that has a glass top you can see through right mm-hmm. and you're looking out the eyes of the kid and this monkey is like five feet away of this chimpanzee. And you're just hoping to God he doesn't, his eyes don't flash over your way, right? He's so close and facing you. And he's just not looking your way. And then at one point he does, and then he starts moving towards you. And you're just terrified. It's just this slow kind of moving. And he moves right close to the edge of the table. And he's looking down at you through this, the, t- the coffee table top. And it's blurry because the glass is kind of blurry. But you see his hands clearly, and they're all dripping with blood. And then he reaches slowly down and looks at you and reaches out and puts his hand like in a fist bump. And you're like, this is terrifying. This is just utterly terrifying that I don't. I want out of this so bad. And that's because <laughs> you're feeling like the kid's feeling, right? And, 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 then, and then it cuts to who that kid is. And you're like, you, I now know a lot about this character now. Right. right. Like what they went through is something you can't describe. You can't write down. You kind of have to experience it. And I just did for five minutes. And how is this person still coping with sanity? Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, that was super good. And I'm really happy to say it's definitely no, um, everything everywhere, but it still feels like an everything everywhere where you don't know what's, what it's about. It was, you know, you sure. come at it's original story with, you know, great actors. And you're like, Oh, this is good. This is good Hollywood here. And anyone who tells me they should watch something new, go watch everything everywhere and watch. Nope. You know, you'll, you'll get it. So nice. thumbs up. Okay. What do we got next year? Dance here. Are we going to launch into our show or our, our movie we watched, or are we going to go Let's, into, um, we've, we've got a list of these trailers to talk about, but any one of those could, uh, <laughs> uh, uh spawn a long, a long <laughs> discussion. So let's, um, Let's talk about our movie first. Let's do that. All right. This week we watched Romeo and Juliet from 1996 uh, by Baz Luhrmann. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, The director who brought us such classics as Moulin Rouge, (laughs) Great Gatsby. Okay. All right. And... I thought you were being um, facetious there for a minute. But. No, no. I, I mean, he's 
got a real like niche, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like his yeah. his credits for acting or acting for writing and directing uh, have a lot of overlap. He also mm-hmm. made that Elvis movie that I saw last oh, week. Oh, did he? Is that where this came up? I, this was your no, no. I just had this on our list. I didn't. Okay. I didn't realize that. Like yeah. his his list is a lot of shorts and then a couple of these big musicals. I never saw The Great Gatsby, but um, another uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. So that was a Leo movie. When yeah, funny. Right. Uh, he must uh, have had a good time doing that one. And it was his first doing, real movie. This one was doing uh, Romeo and Juliet. So, um, do you, do you pronounce this Romeo and Juliet or Romeo plus Juliet? I'm I'm just gonna say Romeo and Juliet because it'll get annoying. But but do you, uh, but do you think it was meant to say plus? I I asked that because I told Shelley I'm like I gotta watch Romeo plus Juliet. She's like you mean Romeo and Juliet? I said no Romeo plus Juliet. She's like nobody says it like that. <laughs> and I was like I don't know is it is it? So that's why I'm asking you is it plus? I or mean is it- the the original every other adaptation of the Shakespeare play is and yes right? it, like, and it says the plus. and in it right yeah. Uh, but the plus on the graphics is is kind of like a cross, and there's a lot of religious imagery there is. in in the movie. Um, I feel like maybe this time, like when I was in high school, was when there was a lot of this using plus to denote. <laughs> and. Okay. Um, I don't know if that was particular to the '90s and and has dropped off subsequently, but. Uh, that might have been part of it, too, because um, one of the first things I'll say about this movie is that aside from being very stylized, very, mm-hmm. I don't want to say otherworldly, but fantastical, um, sure. it is also dripping with 90s aesthetics Everything. and sensibilities. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think it opens and closes with two different Radiohead songs. Uh, um, yeah, sure. And just the the styling. I meant to um, I meant to look up, and I I often have this intention and then forget to follow through with it. But um, I was going to look up some uh, like production videos or something to find out more. About how and uh, you know how this was made and 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 what different different decisions were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the location is very similar or feels very similar. I mean, for me, not knowing really much of anything about Southern California, but it feels like Venice Beach. I think they might even said Venice Beach on there. Like I think there well, was it's, a, it's, a flash it's Verona, right? So the 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 setting and. Everything, um, you know, there's all the signage, right? The buildings, the names on the buildings, the big statues. Like, it's all very, like, it's supposed to look uh, like it's not a real place. Like, it's, it's Verona as the, as the text, the original play text indicates. But it's, but it's modern day. Everything looks like a building and a place, I mean, modern day, in the 90s, yeah. mid-90s. Um, but is all, you know, re reskinned as we say in the video game world, uh, to be, to be Verona, to be this place where the text of the play makes sense 
with the setting, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there are cops instead of a prince and his guards, but they call the captain, the police captain, Prince. Like, his name mm. is Prince. Right. Um, that kind of stuff that... I think this... Well, I've been talking for a while. Why don't you... <laughs> Um, give me your... it's, it's hard for me to say this. Um, I will, uh, let me start off with this. Cause this, this is probably important to, to sets up anything else I say from here. I am fully aware that there is probably some, um, papers written on this about allegories and, uh, the way things are compared to gangster life or Holly, what Hollywood's trying to tell you and what the, you know, the different stuff of this is, and, and none of that I care anything about because it just felt like if, if it was that much, if you have to go into understanding all those allegories to understand, to like this movie, then, you know, it feels too fancy to me or like I'm holding my pinky up in the air right now. It's the best way to explain (laughs) it. Like, you know, like this movie is not one that I want. It's not for me. Um, okay. And, and, and I will, I will. So, so that's my, my first caveat. The rest of it is that this is a movie that probably sits in the bottom 10 movies I've ever watched of all time. I wow. really didn't like it at all. It, it just, it is, it, I have, I will first off say I have never liked Shakespeare. Uh, right. I, I just never have. And I have tried multiple times. I read this. Romeo and Juliet in sixth grade. And that is way too young to be reading it, but that's what I was in advanced reading class. They had had us read. And then I read it again in 11th grade um, and still continue to not like it. No, um, I, I'm not a big fan of Shakespeare prose, Shakespearean prose. Don't really like sure. it. I have seen a couple movies that had great performances by great actors who did scenes really well that made sense. Um, mm-hmm. Recently I watched one and I think I might have sent you this on TikTok. was, there was a TikTok of, the guy that played Moriarty in Moriarty. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't remember his name, but he did a fantastic Hamlet thing. Hamlet, yeah. Um, I also watched Hamlet with, um, believe it or not, Mel Gibson and it was really well done. Mm. Um, and they're speaking in prose as well, but just all that acting and the, the cinematography and the way things were set up and the scenes were set really explained what was happening much more than what was, you know, um, just reading it on a paper. So I had a lot of appreciation for watching the theatrical interpretations of that. Um, but still it didn't make me like it, right? It still didn't make me like, Oh, I'm, this is a beautiful thing. Language with a beautiful kind of prose and the way that it said, it just, I just did not like it at all. So fast forward to this, this, the, the topic I don't like at all. Like gangbangers. I hate, I couldn't, everything about the pink things in this movie is like anti me. Um, the Montagues, oh my God, I was hoping they'd get shot the entire time. Can't stand mm. any of them, right? I can't stand the actors, can't stand the the way they acted. Um, same thing with the Capulets. They're, all of those people, I felt like it would be better if they all just died, right, on, on the planet. Um, sure. And then there were, a, I, uh, that being said, caveats, there were some really great acting scenes in here. I'm thinking of one where... Uh, Legozamo and um, Leo um, were had like guns to each other's heads or something like that. It was a really good, intense scene mm-hmm. that Leo was like just nailing. And John Legozamo comes back and nails it again. I'm like, okay, these guys are like oh, some really great yeah. actors, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But then they're reading this prose again that's freaking awful. 
that every time they <laughs> say it, it's being said like it's Shakespearean prose, like it's being read on a stage. And I'm like this. Right. And then I go, in, go back to the Hamlet thing where that guy's um, saying it in a way that makes sense. And his pauses and the sentence structure. But in this one, they're just kind of saying the lines. Right. And Leo yeah. felt like he's just saying the lines and then didn't doing an, a separate acting thing. So it was almost felt like this was a dub. Right. It wasn't. But it felt like there's oh, there's the movie and then they dubbed it. Yeah. 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 You know, like it's just and I and I hate that since it's dubbed, quote unquote, I hate the dub of it. Right. Oh. Um, and then all that 90s aesthetic stuff with it was terrible. And cinematography. <laughs> so I, I couldn't stand it. And the Claire Danes. Oh, at its core, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going I'm to cut short my complaining about Shakespeare. At its core is a story of two 14-year-olds. I think they're about 16 in this show. Uh, Claire Danes was 16 at least. Um, right. Uh, that on their very first time they see each other are madly in love and ready to, to get married that same night, right? And the mm-hmm. whole, whole entire story is predicated on this incredible love of all for all the ages. And all it is is like, you guys are 14 year old kids and then they commit suicide and die. Like it's just the worst kind of story ever. (laughs) Right. Let's, let's, let's tell it. If you, if you're 14 years old and you fall in love with somebody and your parents don't like each other and you don't want to do it, let's just kill yourself, you know? And that's tragically romantic. Like I hate it. I've always, you know me well enough to know that tragedies are not my thing anyway. This is basically the ultimate tragedy of all tragedies, right? Right. Um, right. So <laughs> there, there's my long rant. Um, I, I don't regret watching it because sometimes you got to re- be reaffirmed in that you don't like a thing, right? Sure. Um, but yeah, de- definitely not for me. And um, and I'm usually a romantic kind of type guy, but Claire Danes and Leo just weren't doing it for me, I guess. Even though there there were some great performances, like I said, by Leguizamo and, and Leo. All right, that was enough. So <laughs> I, um, yeah, that's that's fair. I think uh, so. Uh, well, listeners of the show will will know this already, but neither of us are English majors. Oh, no, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, n- literary you mean type, are, type yeah. Are, are particularly well qualified to even comment on Shakespeare. Of uh, course, I'll make. I'll make a couple. I should have said broad, that first, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll make a couple of broad statements here at the at the front. Yeah. Um, I heard Merlin Mann say once, and I agree with this entirely. Um, teaching, what? How old did you say you were the first time you read this? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Like I read it freshman year, which admittedly, well, that's three years. That's a long time at mm-hmm. that age. Um. And I don't know if I even read the whole thing or just like excerpts of it. And then we watched the old movie because that was before Mm -hmm. I'm younger than you. But this movie was still not out when I was a freshman in high school. Mm. Um, And all the other guys in my high school English class talked about is that there is a very incredibly brief topless scene in the old movie. It's like like two frames. Um, (laughs) But, you know, we're like 14 15 year old dudes yeah right. school um i think teaching high schoolers shakespeare ruins 
Shakespeare for those high schoolers. Uh, that, right? that, that would make sense. Wait until I mean, you're in college or something. Yeah, like, to, to, I mean, the big thing is the language, right? Like, we're romanticizing the language as much as the stories. Mm-hmm. And the language is incomprehensible now. Well, not incomprehensible. Nearly incomprehensible. Um, until you, like, I can follow along with it now. And right. I'm 40. Well, right. 41. Today, happy now, birthday, Dennis. As of, as of today, yeah, we didn't say that at the start. <laughs> And I still had to have subtitles on and follow along and go, wait, okay, this and this. And of course, like you said, it's a play. Somebody, I mentioned the the other Discord. They were talking about Shakespeare stuff a couple Mm -hmm. days ago. And I was like, you know, I've had this on the list for a while. We should watch it. I kept thinking of um, similar kinds of production like the, um, uh, the Much Ado About Nothing that Joss Whedon made. Uh, that one was a surprising thing that was good, yeah. We talked about uh, That's Shakespeare. a year or two ago. That's Shakespeare. Um, and it's a similar, like, still using the same language, but told um, in a modern setting, modern-ish, mm-hmm. yeah. modern, pseudo-whatever. Um, or West Side Story, which I've only seen the old version once so okay. years and years ago so i barely remember but that's i think this same story but is you know all of the language is rewritten to suit the modern setting instead of using the old language so mm-hmm. th- start with that i think i think a lot of people have a certain mindset or, or bias about shakespeare because we as a system as a culture whatever are teaching it to them way way too young like yeah yes schools used to teach classic literature and they probably still do like in england yeah but we don't really do that here we just have this handful that you're like here 14 year old try and read shakespeare yeah this hundred hundred year old um uh writing style also designed for the stage right so there's text there's some of the text that I'm like, oh, this is innuendo. Like, this is clearly sexual, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, it's not explicit in the text. So you can see the actors do these things, and I'm like, yeah, that's clearly what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily get that if you were just reading it. So that's yeah, the first I, I, thing. I will, give, I will give that credit, too. I, I should say that because I did tell Shelley this one, too, when I was discussing it with her, was... Um, just what you're saying. Like there's there's several shots and scenes, and even in this one, and they do it in other one movies with Shakespearean prose, is where R- R- Romeo and Juliet are in the same scene together, but they're not. They don't know each other's talking. They're kind of talking to themselves. Right. Right. I, I'm one. I'm particularly pointing out is when they're at the, in the pool and he's climbing yeah. the thing, and she's comes out and talking to herself, and he's talking to himself, and kind of but not her. But you can't. It doesn't say that on the page. And their words are right. so confusing that you don't, you couldn't really put that together. But because of the way it's shot here, it now the the things that they're saying does make better sense, right? right. It, it, right. She's just, and this is when she says the things about like to be or not to be, and you know a lot of the, the famous quotes she says there in that that scene, and she's saying them to herself. But he's there. But now that I can see it, it does help me to understand what's going on. In that right, kind of stuff, right? right. When you're re- reading, you can't. So I, I will give it that that credit. So the that. other the other thing that I think um, 
it's another thing that it, it just sort of, I don't want to say occurred to me because I, I heard somebody say it on a podcast, um, recommend, what is this, Beowulf or, or something like that where they rewrote it in modern vernacular, right? Which if yeah. you're an English major or any kind of classics scholar at all is like offensive, right? It's anathema, right? You don't take, you, you know, you read the King James, you don't, you don't get this NIV crap. Yeah. The trouble is the text at the time, and I don't know about Shakespeare. Shakespeare is his own whole different beast, right? And like he made yeah. up all these words and whatever. But like, do you know what it means when he made up words? That means he was probably using words like copium and, and you know, I ship these two and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Like he's making up slang. And it wasn't... This kind of thing happened, right, where you would have opera, and opera was always in Italian. And so if you understood Italian, you could go to the opera and follow along. And if you didn't, you were just hoping for the music and the, you know, body language and facial expressions to convey the story because you right. couldn't understand the language, like watching anime without subtitles. Um, so I know that there was this kind of, like, here's a piece of art and it's using a form of language that is challenging or that is, that is um, not foreign, but well, I mean, in the case of the example I just used with Italian opera is foreign, but like, um, like a different, a different accent or a different kind of slang, right? It's like if you compare the way that people talk, with their family and friends versus like the news, right? They're both English, but they're different. The different styles of different forms of English. Right. And depending on the work, the book or the play or whatever, I think a lot of it was made in a more common tongue, which now hundreds of years later is this like lofty, difficult to parse form of English or whatever language, uh, although English has its own whole myriad of weird quirks. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't, I don't romanticize that old language as much as I used to. Yeah. I still think like you're dealing with a play. So there's still like, you know, poetry kind of stuff where it's like the, the language is being used in this, in this more artful way that I can still appreciate. Um, but I don't venerate it the way that I used to. Yeah. Um, did I already mention pride and prejudice? Not yet. No. Um, I, that was the other thing that I thought of besides the, the Joss Whedon must do about nothing. Um, pride and prejudice. I assume you've seen what I call the new one. Which is almost twenty years old, now, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Kira Knight. That's the one I like. Yeah, I like that one for sure. Um, and that one and the older BBC one um, with Colin Firth. I want to say Colin Firth. Hmm. Um, they both use the same language, the same text. It's Jane Austen. It's more um, more recent than Shakespeare, right? It's eighteen hundreds. Yeah, nineteenth um, century. But the Kira Knightley version is much more fast-paced, right? It's like they're going through, they get dirty, they get wet, and they're, you know, 
they wear their emotions on their sleeves, where the BBC version is more like a, an English stage play, right? Where they're, they're yeah. still reserved, like they might get a little upset, but it's, it's still very subdued and, and um, all of those things. And so I tried to apply some of that to this. All that being said, I've been talking in the abstract for a while. <laughs> uh, I've been saying for the last couple months that most things I watch, when possible, I will watch at like 1.2, 1.25 speed. Not huge, fast, not double speed, but just a little bit sped up. Because yeah. it's, it's a small enough change that I don't notice it unless there's music. Right, I'll hear a song and I'm like, that song doesn't sound right. Oh, it's because it's a little faster than yeah. it's supposed to be, and I know the song. But when it's just people talking, it's fine. And it, you know, in a in the course of a movie, we'll shave like 20 minutes off the runtime. More so if it's like rewatching Lawrence of Arabia or something. Yeah. This movie, I couldn't do that. Like within the first five minutes, I'm like, no, wait, this has got to go back down to normal speed. <laughs> I almost I almost put it even slower. I'm like, I cannot keep up with it. There's so much going on. Let me put on subtitles. I gotta follow along. Up until all of the the like build up to the to the masquerade ball, to the party where they yeah. meet, where they're introducing Mercutio Mer- Mercutio. Yep. Um and he's dressed in drag. And I'm like, what? the hell is going on here it's just this long like fever dream music sequence um and i don't know if that's just the director's particular artistry i know i saw (laughs) moulin rouge years and years ago and i remember it having a lot of this weird kind of i keep wanting to say otherworldly and that seems more extreme like it doesn't seem like an alien planet it just seems strange it's like surreal is what it is surreal yeah. is a good word for it yeah um and then you know they get in the dialogue and there's just there's so much talking and every line not every line but a lot of the lines especially um the 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 priest the friar uh, uh father lawrence um the the you know the shakespearean language of it just took so much more comprehension uh, uh, uh focus i don't know what word i was going to use that mm-hmm. i had to you know i had to really be looking and going and it had its moments things that i appreciated a lot of it was just um more of that 90s-ness or what I think of as the 90s-ness. Like, I saw this movie in the theater. Yeah. And in 96, I would have been, like, junior in high school or whatever. Yeah. And I saw it with my friend, and he loved the, like, almost gimmicky things that they did with the props, right? Like, the original text is all a bunch of swords and daggers and rapiers and sword duels and stuff. Yeah. And so when um, when Tybalt and Mercutio are are dueling or, or you know, Tybalt wants to duel Romeo, 
and Romeo won't fight, right? Like, I understood that now in a way that I didn't the last time I saw it, or the well, because I saw it then in the theater and have not saw it since. I've not seen it since. Yeah, right. Um, I was like, oh, he's here. He just got married. He's in love. He doesn't want to fight anymore. He sees this this feud between the two houses for the BS that it is. I thought of that when you were talking about the gang stuff. I don't think, and I don't know that this is why I said um, neither of us are English scholars or qualified yeah, right. to to comment. I don't think, I don't think the love story is meant to be the greatest love story ever told. Yeah, I think I think it's supposed. I mean, the age thing is a product of time, right? I I think. Um, yeah. I think the ages of the characters would not have seemed um, unusual or or excessively young at the time when it was written. Oh, sure, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think the emphasis there is just that these characters are just barely old enough to be getting married. So you know, if they made it now, maybe they would both be eighteen or yeah. you know, like. Sound of Music 16 going on 17 or something like that. Sure. Um, I mean, the the father marries them, you know, without parental consent. So if, in modern day, they would have to both be 18. Yeah, right. Which is, and, and so, like, if you think about it that way, you're like, okay, wow, you guys are, this is really rash and, and, flighty but it's not like uh it's not um taboo or or whatever the way that we look at it now from modernize and go you guys are both 14 what right no stop it just just and just still the idea of like young kids young kids dying right? and, over and like over yeah. and the and the the gangbanger thing, I think, is supposed to emphasize um, the way that Shakespeare is is not glamorizing or glorifying this feud at all. Like, that's the whole, maybe not the whole, but that's like the major theme of it is like these two houses have this feud and, and it's your typical feud where it's been going on so long nobody remembers why. They're just these two sides and they always are, you know suspicious and distrustful like generational hate going on between these two and I, I think that's supposed to be it's supposed to be something that you don't like that you go this is stupid this is terrible and yeah. look at what it did to these two kids like they could have had a normal courtship and and you know gotten married appropriately and had happy lives except for this stupid feud with these men's pride and, you know, going from the fathers all the way down to Tybalt and Mercutio, who is a kind of neutral party um, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I think I think all of that is supposed to be there. So there were I'll say what I did appreciate about this, uh, because I. I didn't hate it, but I probably won't watch it again. Yeah, you know, unless unless I have somebody who I think hasn't seen it who can appreciate it in a certain way, maybe. Um, 
there were there were moments of the text that I don't think I noticed before, and I've not watched a lot of Romeo and Juliet adaptations, so I probably could have watched a different one that's more typical um, and, and gotten these two. There are a lot of lines in the text of this play that have become not necessarily cliches, but have been used in so many other contexts that I'm like, oh, this is where that came from? I thought yeah. this was just a line in Westworld, but it's, no, it's from Romeo and Juliet. Right. Um, I did not realize uh, that the prologue that would be like the narrator up on stage, like setting the scene, for, yeah. you know, Fair Verona, where we set our scene to star-crossed lovers take their lives. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's, they spoiled it. Right like, off the bat, yeah, they tell you. The, 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 the narrator comes on stage, and of course, in this, it's an old tube TV with the nightly news. That was the start of my, like, oh, this is really, this is really set in its time. Yeah. Um, which, you know, at the time, 1996, it probably seemed super modern. But now looking at it all, you know, not quite 30 years later, 25 years later, um, you're like, ooh, wow, it's so 90s. Um, <laughs> totally yeah i don't think i even finished that thought with all the guns my friend who saw it who i saw it with in the theater was like that was so cool his, his nine millimeter said rapier on it and like <laughs> there was another one that said dagger and like right. one of the fathers you know reached for the shotgun is like pray pray thee my long sword and it like <laughs> it says long sword on the on the shotgun and i'm like i can see how to somebody all that stuff seemed cool. And, I'll, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a gun person really at all. Um, but I can see that, like, almost all of the guns are, like, beautiful. You know, di with different metals and, and colors and the Virgin Mary on them or, or whatever, just, like, aesthetically. Yeah. And I'm like, somebody, somebody put so much work into designing these props and these cars and and all of these um all this wardrobe for these for these characters with this partic particular aesthetic which now feels incredibly dated um but it's just is just what it is so um yeah i don't know we didn't do spoilers here because i think you know, thanks to it being it's, taught in freshman English, everybody yeah, knows this story. And, and, yeah, and like right. I just said five minutes ago, the 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 narrator's prologue spoils the ending. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was fine. I respect what the director was trying to do. Um, I don't think it ages well. I don't think if you don't know. If you don't have any awareness of the aesthetic of the 90s, I don't think you're going to be able to appreciate any of that, even, even ironically. Um, and by this point, I'm sure that somewhere out there is a better version. I mean, maybe one of the two versions of West Side Story uh, is a better version of Romeo and Juliet than than this. Yeah, the, the one of the differences between like West Side Story is, which which actually... I, I don't mind. It's um, what do they say? Like Shakespeare is tells all the stories or something like that. There's some kind of adage that goes like, something like that. Um, like West Side Story is 
is a thing that took a Shakespeare play, like compete the, the spirit, two competing houses, and mm-hmm. a star-crossed lovers, and then to kill themselves, um, and made it modern by like having modern words and modern story right. and modern places right. and things like this. This did not do that. This intentionally, and that's one one thing I felt about it. I remember when it came out in the nineties and I was, was this 92, something like 95, Six. something like that. 96. Um, 96. I was I, almost 20. And, and as soon as I saw that they were speaking Shakespearean, I'm like, Oh, they're trying to do that. They're trying to make Shakespeare cool. Right. And it and it's right. not. And I was like, you know what? It's would be better if they had an actual modern day English and right. did it. And then you got a story that's Romeo and Juliet, but it's not that. And, yeah. and the prose I just kind of wrecked. It. I don't think I clearly made that point earlier, but that's mm-hmm. sort of what I was alluding to with not romanticizing old forms of English. Like yeah. they're fine, and you can you know you can study them in a certain context, but from a from an entertainment standpoint, I don't think, I don't think romanticizing archaic forms of of English is has has inherent virtue. In, right. in, in and and it just makes context. it just makes you feel pretentious when you're like, oh, I just love that. Thing. Like, I mean, sure, but really, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean. Right. It's 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 got to be like an acquired taste. Like you didn't start out the first time you read it. Like this is wonderful. You probably read that same sentence six times before you understood it in your junior year, right? Sure, sure. And it's and it's like appreciating poetry, right? You can. Um, I've probably told this story before, but there's an episode of Parks and Rec, a two part episode, Parks and Recreation, where they go to Europe. They go to England. Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, and. Leslie makes this whole, um, like, itinerary journal, for which is ridiculous Leslie stuff that doesn't work in real life, but whatever. She makes this whole trip for all these places for him to go. He goes up to Scotland, to LA, and uh, goes to a, a Scotch distillery, right? Yeah. And he goes out on the, out on the coast and looks out over the sea, and she has him read a few lines from a, from a Robbie Burns poem right yeah you, you know the scene i'm talking about yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i wrote that poem down or put it in my phone and when sarah and i were in ireland back in 15 um we recreated that scene like on a on an irish coast but same same deal and so we tried it a couple times and it was windy a lot of times trying to record and so because of that I read that little snippet of the poem several times, like probably a dozen times by the time I was done. Yeah. And eventually I started to understand it. Like it's also like a Scotsman wrote it. So it's got some Scots language affects Mm -hmm. in it too. But eventually I started to piece those together and look at the rhythm of the words and you know parse out what these like partial you know with all the apostrophes and 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 I started to get it and I was like okay this really is a beautiful piece of writing right and yeah. and so that's what I mean like from a 
either from an academic context where you're you're looking to see how certain people, especially people of the past, used the language to great effect in certain yeah. ways, or from a poetic context, which obviously I'm not, you know, even a consumer of poetry, really, to, to have that, like, uh, I mean, except for in the sense where I, I, I really, really appreciate a good song lyric, right, yeah. which is a you know it's poetry set to music right so you can where you can see the the rhyme or the cadence or a or the 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 selection of different words to really say something and then you also have the benefit of of music to right you know to add to that whole experience is just a different way of interacting with language and english in particular yeah but from like i said before an entertainment perspective or context where you want to sit and you know get lost in a story right get immersed in a story um if you're having to mull over and work over every line to try and figure out what's being said which is true for most probably at least 90 percent of the population trying to watch Shakespeare in its original language. Yeah. Um you're missing everything, right? You're missing yep. all of the other subtle clues and things and you're probably missing other lines because they're still talking while you're trying to figure out what uh soft what light through yonder window breaks. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. even a that's even an easy line to to understand. Right. <laughs> they're yeah. they're much more cryptic uh uh lines in this in this play you're right so i who coming to studio i would recommend this to people who are shakespearean majors or literary majors yeah yeah i would not recommend it to anybody else strong if you have a strong affection for this you've maybe probably already seen it but otherwise for your rank and file normal person um i'm certain there's a i mean like i said West Side Story, and I haven't even seen. Did, did we mention the one. like early on, like fifteen minutes of the movie? There's five minutes of just an acid trip. Did we mention that one? I think I talked about that. The, <laughs> the yeah. Mercutio stuff before the yeah. Before so the that, that that that's the pretty much yeah. this show. Or the the, party, the yeah. I uh, Shelley had also said because she said she liked it when I was saying that, that I had I hadn't. She said, but probably the reason I liked it was because I was like nineteen and he was really cute. And I was like, yeah, that, that, that's why I think that movie was, and it, that checks out exactly one of the reasons I didn't want to watch that movie. Not only are they putting Shakespeare and trying to make it cool, they're, they're putting, you know, the, the cute girl and the cute guy together. That's the hot thing, hotness right then. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, next week All right. we, we got, yeah, uh, let's see. Um, I am going to pick, so I watched Nope, which was kind of a scary thing. And I'm not always right, in a scary okay. mood or even horror type stuff. So I got to be in the mood. And obviously I'm in it now. So having seen a, a good one and I'm in a good mood for that, I'm going to pick another one. And we're going to watch um, John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982, I think is what it is. Okay. It was, uh, my mini backstory of this is that I was seven, went to Texas, second grade. We lived lived there for like six months or so, and my grandma's 
boyfriend at the time uh, thought it was funny that he was going to take me to the movies to watch this at seven years old. Mm. And it terrified me. Just terrified me. And he thought it was the cutest, funniest thing in the world for him. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, which that means that's exactly the kind of guy that guy was. Um, <laughs> but but the, those images, because uh, so horrifying where you are at a young age, should not watch this at seven years old, um, no. was kind of for the longest time the epitome of what a scary thing is. Mm. Right? So it took a long time for me to actually go back and actually watch this show again. And I remember it probably when I was early twenties and I was like, okay, that that's a, this is the appropriate age to watch it. <laughs> you know, this is, <laughs> this, this is fine for that. And it's got that story. And, and I, and I think I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember the details about it very much, but I'd like to watch it again. Um, and really, you know, have a little bit more educated eye on, or sure. I don't know, just not watching it for, for scares, I guess, but maybe it will be scary. Okay. So the thing is what we go. Cool. All, All right. right. So well, we we yeah. went off on Romeo and Juliet longer than I thought I would thought we would. Um, boy, we have like a dozen trailers here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to try and run through them all, or well, let's let's do this. Uh, I know the the hot topic is to talk about the MCU stuff right now, but there's a whole lot of that and a lot of that goes up there. Let's save that for next week then, depending okay. if we have time. We'll we'll save <laughs> all the uh, MCU stuff. So, yeah, which, which is which is a lot, and there's a lot to talk but, about and unpack there, but that'll probably take way too long. Where we are yeah, here. yeah. I mean, we we talked about it for like an hour and a half before we started recording. We should have recorded yeah. that, maybe. <laughs> right there, there, there's a there's a whole lot of not just talking about the trailers per se, or even the the reveals. Is you know, I you know, you and I just can be able to have some time to discuss like what what do they think high, about this? Or what, level, where, where, yeah, that's philosophy it. Yeah, and 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 perspective. Kind of yeah, stuff. some some okay, kind of those things so, that we're doing, but otherwise. So, First on the list here, we've got Shazam 2. Shazam 2. You, uh, you, I remember you, I liked the first one, right? The, yep, same. Right? I remember I mean, it was fun, kidsy. I really like uh, Zach Levi, right? Yeah. Our, um, our, my, my family were big fans of Chuck when it was on. Which uh, I had not we, seen. But I we tried to good. rewatch it a couple years ago, and it, it kind of doesn't hold up, especially if you know where the story's going. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's written a really particular way, but, um, it's it still like his acting, uh, his movie American underdog is on my list to see. I know our buddy Fox really liked it. Um, he, he's in, he's in, uh, um, direct competition with, for a type with, uh, John Krasinski in my book. Like those two sure. are, they, yeah. they're tall, kind of fit, goofy guys. Tall and can you know? be, yeah, can, can you know, can become a fit superhero like like Chris Pratt or or Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. but in a more like they're both yeah very tall. I think both somewhere in the like six four range. Um, right. Well, they can Chris they can Pratt definitely play goofy, too. but then also play handsome, which is a weird yeah, mix. Yeah, somewhere handle. somewhere right in between where you're like you know I I heard that complaint. Then maybe this is a conversation I have with you about um, about Chuck. Is that he's he's playing this like best mm, yes. employee, and yes. you he and I seems, about this, right? he seems too good looking for that. But that's part of the deal is that he's kind of an underachiever. Like yeah. he was a student at Stanford, yeah. um, I think Stanford, 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 whatever, one of the big <laughs> tech colleges in California. 
um, and dropped out because of a bad breakup. And so him working at Best it's not really Best Buy, but it's Best Buy. Him working yeah. at Best Buy is him not living up to his potential. And also they cast him against Yvonne Strahovski, who is this statuesque blonde. Mm-hmm. And like you have to, you know, it's the thing, the other thing you sometimes complain about where uh, uh, the romantic leads are not well matched. Yeah. Right, where you're like, I don't believe this woman would ever fall for Bill Murray. Except it's Bill yeah, Murray. Right. I don't know. Like, he's funny. Sure, yeah, no, you mean, whole, yeah. Uh, the whole thing. Like, you have to... Be- and so, yeah, uh, Zachary Levi is one of those guys where you're like, yeah, he can be co- goofy, plays video games kind of guys, but you put him in a suit and you're like, oh, yeah, he's he's a guy. And same, John Krasinski is a good... Is a good comparison for that. So, right. um, yeah, I so don't. This trailer have... looks pretty pretty cool. I guess. I mean, it's the there was another. I think there was another trailer. Maybe maybe not. But there was uh, this came out, and I know that the last one ended with this big um, uh, spoiler. If you've not seen it, like I guess you should. Okay, I won't say it. <laughs> the last one had a big ending with right. kind of what happened, um, and uh, that almost changes the whole dynamic of that character and and going forward yeah. so yeah. this this one uh kind of emphasizes that um yeah, i mean if you which is pretty cool if you watch this trailer it's going to spoil that ending for the first movie yeah for for sure right like you can't you can't they're just playing this trailer is a big spoiler that's really funny um but i i liked it it looks just as fun as the first zachary levi seems like he's having a fun time still mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. i had some problems with Billy Batson, the actor that played Billy Batson. Um, that was the only thing I really had problem with the first one was that it was uh, like he was. I did not like the kid. Like he was just mm. a butthole. Like not <laughs> only was not only was his character a butthole. Like the actor just seemed like somebody I'd, I would hate. The little <laughs> as a kid, right? Sure, sure, sure. Um, and and I he was never really likable. And while sure. but Zachary Levi's character, which is the same one, right? Like he learned everything and he learned the lessons and came around and understood stuff, but the kid didn't. Oh, Although sure. it's the same person. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I liked yeah. Zachary Levi a lot in this, that one. So, and the, you didn't see a whole lot of Billy in this one. There is definitely Billy there, but it's mostly Shazam. He's, he's not in the trailer a lot. Yeah. So, so like who knows what they're going to do with that. Um, so it looked fun. I like it. You know, I, yeah. I I'm, not going to hold it up as anything great, but it, you know, DC uh, movies are hit or miss at best. This one is always uh, a nice one that has low expectations and can just be a, a fun one to watch. I think. Yeah. I remember it as one that I went to with most of my family and my mom really liked it. Yeah. I and mean, I think this was before my sisters made her watch all of the MCU films. Um, and it's, I mean, especially the first one is it, it has that, uh, broader family appeal aside from the weird demon monsters that they have to fight. But <laughs> oh, it's like I did like the I, oh, go ahead. Ki- kids in a foster family, and yeah. they learn yeah. a lesson. And in this trailer, they make a Fast and Furious joke. Which is, I was going to say, like that's my favorite line in the whole thing. Is where he says, like, if Fast and the Furious taught me anything, it's about family. I was like, yeah. oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just. Keep using that bit. They do, that do you think? Do you think song. Vin Diesel sees those memes and he knows it by now? Does do you think he knows that yet? He must. He must. <laughs> he right. To, but right? like, 
he's he's sleeping well on his pile of money from <laughs> yeah right yeah like those movies. i'll just I keep that family motif one or two going. of them were in the top 10 grossing for a while yeah uh, oh yeah yeah it was because right, they have yeah. a they have a built-in audience okay Insane. so that's that uh next we've got dungeon the dragon's honor among thieves this I, one this one i liked i'm assuming surprised. you were you were big hype for that i uh, i wasn't until i watched the trailer okay that makes sense um i who was I telling? I was telling uh, Fox Jill about this because we we got on. We're playing games the other day, and um, I've never really played real Dungeons and Dragons. Right? We sure, talked about that. Sure. Um, you know, Fox ran a session. You you ran such. We did some online mm-hmm. things, and of course, I listened to the first uh, season arc of the Adventure Zone. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, and I listened to uh, probably a hundred YouTube episodes of Matt Colville's running the game series so a lot of that is you know i was listening for abstract like world building dm kind of advice and philosophy but a lot of that he's talking about through the lens of you know standard watsy D, right here's yeah. how gary gagax did this thing in this time and here's what curse of strahd is like and and this mm-hmm. and this and of course it's D, it's like archetypal fantasy yeah what 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 is Um, now that right yeah what is now right and it's you know what what influenced what and you've got lord of the rings and and whatever else i I mean you you have you have lord of the rings and then you have dungeons and dragons and those two are the biggest one evolved from the other right and then this one evolved the rest and so and and you've got stuff that came later right like a lot of my understanding of fantasy high fantasy comes from warcraft but Mm -hmm. a lot of that is is lifted or just slightly recolored uh D D lore which you right. know is not like so much of that stuff is not original like it's real yeah. which is recolored uh, uh tolkien stuff and tolkien yeah. which is yeah. which is you know ancient mythology um yeah. uh, mixed i had somebody in our discord what was the example they used um uh wow i'm gonna draw a complete blank on it they were saying something was like a comic book story um whatever i'm not gonna remember it now which ruins the that anecdote (laughs) um you know i like chris pine nothing you know he's not one of my favorites of all time but i pretty much like him whenever i see him he's you know of those the the new star trek movies i think got worse with each movie but he was always fine. He was a good Kirk. We talked mm-hmm. about him last week. Last no, I guess week, that yeah. was uh, last week. Yeah, yeah. And and Fox and Jill and I talked about it too. Um, yeah. w- in the context of the portrayal in Strange New Worlds, um, yeah. which I guess maybe is a spoiler. Oops. Um, and this trailer seemed like a lot of just. Uh, I don't know what word to use for this. I I call it like Pokemon or Ready Player One, but it's almost mm-hmm. like name dropping. But instead of names, it's it's uh, what mechanics or Me- or maybe yeah or iconic things that you know shape shifting druid, which yeah. you know I think of from Warcraft, but is probably something like that is more what people think about when you say druid instead of mm-hmm. you know the the Celtic guys with blue blue paint on their face and kind of like yeah. actual historic druids, druids right. um 
shape-shifting druid. Uh, I think I saw a gelatinous cube. Mm-hmm. Um, the the owl bear. They even name. I'm owl like, bear, right. I'm like, why did they name it? Like, I can tell it's an owl bear. It's clearly the audience. This is meant for an audience who recognizes what an owl bear is. Right. Uh, but I'm like, okay, I get it. It's you know broadening it out a little bit. Now that we've had four seasons of Stranger Things, D and D is is firmly in the mainstream, or at least the nerd mainstream. Right. Which has a lot of overlap with the mainstream these days. Um, right. And so, yeah, it looks like it'll be fun. I don't. the The trailer doesn't give me enough about the story to say like whether any of that is going to be any good. So that's still yeah. a a big question mark, but. The 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 uh, obviously we've had nothing but terrible D and D movies, um, and not not necessarily. I've said this multiple times on front porch, actual front porch talks, um, that it's people try so hard with D and D, and they shouldn't. They got to stop trying so hard. Is the problem, mm-hmm. um, and just have fun with it, and do kind of. And they're missing what some of the core stuff is, and it's it's always a. A matter of opinion on what makes Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and it's like a comic book in that there are multiple Dungeons and Dragons stories, not just right. like your table stories, but like there's books and books and, and there's worlds. You talk about equate it to Marvel, like this is just one multiverse. There's multiple worlds in Dungeons and Dragons. There's Dragonlance, there's Planescape, there's, you know, Greyhawk, uh, Forgotten Realms. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then many stories set in those things. So there isn't one Dungeons and Dragons, but there are a couple things that are about that are core within it, right? Sure. That make it. And and a lot of those are IP related, right? Like there's only a displacer beast in this, in this thing. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, beholders are owned by D were created by D and D, you know, they, they, those, those kind of things. So, um, but the idea is to have an adventure. That's the keyest. That's the key thing I think for for all this stuff is that it's an adventure set in this world that a group of people go on, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and a lot of times it doesn't. They just they just can't get that right. And this looks pretty. I thought this trailer looked fun, and that it looked like a fun adventure, a lighthearted fun adventure, um, and with some serious stuff, great effects. Um, it did. I agree. I kind of agree with you that it was throwing out things out there. And I, I worried about that a little bit, but I think what the trailer was trying to do was tell, tell the D and D people like, Hey, we we're doing our fun, silly stuff here and there, but we're going to have your things. We're going to have the, 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 the Splacer beast. We're going to have the mimic. We're going to have the thing. And look, they're here guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then all this other stuff that you don't know. Um, so yeah, it's, it, there was not a lot to go on there except that like, uh, there are thieves that stole, the wrong thing for a bad guy. And now they got to steal it back or some kind of thing. Um, but the last one was so bad, you know, or the, or the wrath of the dragon God came after that. And there was just, it's just so bad. Um, so bad. And so the Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Irons. Irons yeah. It was just yeah. chewing the scenery. Every I never shot he got. It, it, oh, just, just don't. I mean, it's really not even worth it. Um, and, and it just like, it was like overacting. It's basically, Playing D and D with people who aren't actors, trying to pretend they're actors. Although these, unfortunately, were actually paid actors doing it. Mm. Um, so anyway, it it was awful. And this one looks fun. I do. I actually like Chris Pine, Pine a lot. I can't think of anything that he's been in that I don't like. Um, and he always surprises me that I actually like him. Most of the time, I'll see him like, oh, he's this, and then oh, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like it. Thumbs up. That's it's better than I thought. I 
heard they were doing Dungeons and Dragons, and every time I saw any news about that, I would skip it. It's like I don't want to read any. This is going to go end up being going straight to video type thing. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be awful. So when this trailer came up at San Diego Comic Con, I was like, okay, I'll push the play button. And then when it was over, <laughs> I was like, I pushed play. I was like, oh, that was fun. I I would actually go watch that in the theater. Cool. Okay, so. That's a huge step up from a zero one star to, right. you know, oh, this is possible. I could watch this. So, yeah. Nice. Next one we got is House of the Dragon, which is the Game of Thrones prequel, right? Game of Thrones and when I say prequel, prequel how far is this? How, are, how far are we talking about prequel Oof. here? I, I don't know. The Targaryens are still in power. So, I mean, the Targaryens lost power in living memory in the original uh, uh, series of, of books and films. Yeah. Right. They, I'm assuming none of the characters that were in game of Thrones are in this, right? Like, even I the don't think cells. so. There are no, right. um, there are no long lived, long lived races in Westeros, at least not, not on Westeros, uh, itself. Like there are yeah. other lands across the sea. So there might be some kind of magics there. Uh, the dragons, I know, I think, live a long time. Um, but sure. but evidently they all die out here in this one or something, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the lore, and they go into that more. I mean, it's in the show, too, but like in the early seasons. Like, yeah. they start killing them, and I don't remember how the dragons die out, but it's part of the decline of House Targaryen. Um yeah. I don't now is, now is this gonna I, I haven't read anything literally anything about this, so my questions are legit. I don't know questions. Like, is this one that rolls into it into the Game of Thrones series, or is this like set a hundred years before and then it will finish and then there's it's its own completely self contained story that It's hard to say, um, and I don't really know either. I've not read any history. I just watched this just watched this trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. From what I've seen in the trailer, it it's looks a lot of white-haired like, people. I mean, yeah, that's part of the <laughs> part of the. This is spoilers for Game of Thrones if you haven't seen it. But uh, uh, genetics, or what we call genetics, what is genetics? I don't remember what they call it in the world. Um, is part of the main story, right? That's how mm-hmm. you find out that uh, the king has no legitimate heirs. Yeah. Um, the 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 defining physical characteristic of of the Targaryens is that they all have white hair or silver yeah. hair and violet eyes in the books. And there's a lot in this one, it seems like. And there's a lot. So there are a lot of them, which it's called, it's called House, House of, of the, the Dragon. Dragon. So right. it's going to be different factions of Targaryens. It seems to be at least this first season. I don't know how much of it they're planning to make. Um, yeah. Is about this... Uh, uh, inheritance, not inheritance. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. Heir. Yeah, I guess that's inheritance. Um, conflict between the king's brother and the king's daughter. So there's you mm-hmm. know, they've never had a queen with no king, right? Which was common in normal or medieval times. Yeah. Um, that seems to be the main conflict, which is not. I mean, I don't. I don't remember from Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones um, whether this was listed in the history. Like, I know that the the last Targaryen king is a king. Um, yeah. 
So it's at least a generation before that. And I kind of assume that it's far enough back that they're not going to be messing with any of the events of the original series. Um, so why do, why do period pieces made today or even written today have to have that chauvinistic air to them? Like, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like this, there was a big point in this trailer about there will never be a woman queen or something like, or not a woman queen. There will never be a queen or like that, you know, women will never rule or something like that. And I'm like, I don't understand why it has to be written that way in a fantasy made up fictional world. I mean, why by default a, it has to be a patriarchal society? It's, it's not like the Lord of the Rings thing, which we're going to talk next. That makes sense because it was written back in a time where there's still a patriarchal society around. A little bit. I, I, I mean, mean it still are, but it was written like between and and during World War II. So we were, you know, we didn't. We were moving out of having monarchies and yeah. stuff like that. I th- I think. I mean, again, this is a big. That's I know, I, I'm going, I went a little this, PC this, this year, but, but it just, trailer. it just bugged me that like, it feels it, this trailer kind of had a whole heavy thing about like, all right, we're going to be teaching a lesson about women, I mean, women's my, rights. My, my, my short version of that is that that's how George R. R. Martin wrote them. Right. Okay. George is an old author. If you read yeah. the books, there's a fair amount of some pretty horrible things that happen in Westeros. That's part of his whole theme is like he teases these monsters, but the real monsters are the people. Um, yeah, sure. Right. Kind of through most and of that, the story. That does make sense. We can talk about patriarchy. And, and then, and then you have yeah. other things like we watched wheel of time, um, which, right. uh, you know, Robert Jordan was a contemporary of George Martin. Um, he wrote his world the same, but backwards. Right. Right. Like, women ran most of there's the um, matriarchy um um that world i don't remember if they gave it a name in the in the fan in the book fandom they called it randland which is dumb but because it didn't have a he didn't call it middle earth or westeros or or anything like that like most of the nations were run by women like there's a there's a kingdom actually the kingdom of andor that that the two rivers is part of has a queen has always had a queen and the queen has a husband but he's not king like he's the first gentleman or whatever right like yeah right he's you know he doesn't rule the queen rules and that probably you know in the 90s or whenever when he started writing those books probably felt very progressive and you read it now and you're like "Ah, this is just it's the same gender politics you've just switched the genders and yeah. it's, it's it's still rife with stereotypes and and tropes and all that. And I think so. So first of all, it doesn't have to. I think it's just common because so much uh, fantasy, even other world fantasy, taken from the example of Tolkien, yeah, is you know medieval Europe, right? Like maybe you change everything around and change a lot of names and you make up places, but the places still have some of the same tropes of like France and Italy and England and mm-hmm. Romania, which were patriarchy type things when and, this is and supposed you, to be said, you have but. kingdoms and you run kingdoms this way. Some of it, you know, if you want to get into the nitty gritty of it is if you still don't have modern medicine, like men live longer than women because women die in childbirth. And so for the stability of the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. Like some of right. it makes sense to an extent logically in that 
context. Right. But then, you See, know, you, you add magic to your world. And then, I mean, to be fair, Westeros has very little magic. Right. Um, now, it's, now th- it's there like are, Lord of the Rings in that way. There are, and, and, and I'm going to skip on moving on this topic because we got a little bit more to go here, but yeah, I, I, the, the, this is relevant to this trailer, is that when, when you, I firmly understand and, and appreciative and like parallels of fictional stories to real world things. We have a lot of that with the Orville, right? Sure, um, sure. But but it's often it's often so much on this. Let's teach you a lesson, right? Type thing. Like the parallels are, we're trying to teach you a lesson so that you can learn it into into modern day worlds. And that is so preachy, and so like I don't want to be taught a lesson. I've said this multiple times, and this was how this ways. And I what I want is to it to be more normalized. Like I would love to watch, and I enjoy watching. Uh, let's say a, a fantasy thing world where it is normalized, where women are more parts of normal parts of the, the world. Right. And, mm-hmm. and are equals in, in this kind of fantasy world. And then you have the story that you're actually focusing on instead of the lesson you're trying to teach me. Right. right? right. And I want to, and I want to go watch this cool thing with these cool characters and do this cool stuff and these great actors and all this wonderful stuff and not have to sit through a teaching lesson. And this trailer made me feel like, Oh, it's going to be a lesson thing. Um, maybe, maybe. I mean, to to play devil's advocate for a second, it could just be that's the theme of the story. Like, uh, Matt Smith's character assumes that he's going to be king because he's the male heir. And the, yeah. the current king wants to make his daughter queen. And, you know, the the people... I mean, that's part of... That's a whole thing in the in the main game of thrones story and like, i was curious like, i was like the, the other side of this we've already done th- we've been through this right with that's, targaryens that's right that's true so i don't have i don't have i'm i'm not pessimistic i certainly one of those seven seasons to get another crazy girl targaryen in the charge right you know? yeah i don't have high high expectations for this after the ending of the first series um right. but we'll see how now, it goes now that being said i did like it, it is what i call low fantasy um mm-hmm. type stuff there's dragons obviously but there's not like magic spells and fireballs being thrown around right um or, or monsters besides you know i mean there's some but you know what i mean and yep. uh and i and i liked that and i liked i liked the look of it it did have some the, the game of thrones look again um i was very noticed that it wasn't it didn't highlight any kind of excessive gore or um uh, sex or things that they were really they really pushed hard. It was all about Game of Thrones and which sold Game of Thrones. Season, the first few seasons, this trailer yeah. did not push that or no, show that no. like, hey, you're going to go watch it sixty times again. We're back to the Game of Thrones times, you know. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so so that was interesting. And that and honestly, for over half, if not more, of its entire runtime for seven seasons, that was the defining characteristics of Game of Thrones was the yeah. murder char- main characters. Tons of sex, full frontal nudity, every kind of curse word, every vulgarity and depravity. That's what Game of Thrones was. Um, so for them to start off not having that is a little, it was a little interesting. Um, and made me, it drew comparison to what my next trailer is going to talk about, which was the Lord of the Rings trailer, The Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. Now, following this one, I watched House of Dragon, and then I watched the, the, the Lord of the Rings trailer, and the Lord of the Rings trailer just took one more giant leap for mankind, is what it did. It went like, now we're in not, because Lord of the Rings still isn't high fantasy, but it's no. 
mid fantasy, low low fantasy mid, but it's got orcs and it's got wizards and it's got monsters dwarves. and dwarves and elves and like all of a sudden now we're in it, right? Now I went from uh this kind of I don't know what House of Dragon would be called, but you know, medieval-ish time things with clearly dragons, mm-hmm. but into Lord of the Rings, and it's Lord of the Rings is definitely not the the far step that Dungeons and Dragons took with it, you know, you know, modern doing rock music on a lute. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is that this is that definite solid middle ground that Lord of the Rings. I remember the movies being really great. I'm not saying the Hobbit here. I I meant to say that when we talked about Honor Among Thieves, as I liked the Led Zeppelin uh, in, in in the soundtrack. They did a lot of yeah. they did yeah. a lot of D and D fantasy kind of. I mean, I guess they predated. DNA, sure, sure. They did, they did fantasy kind of lyrics. It's the kind of music that I that I associate with D&D. So, so uh, yeah. So this, we have three three very different kinds of fantasy stuff here, right? Yeah, and, and Lord of the Rings sits right in the middle of that. And that's and I, cool. And I it's liked like, it. It's like a month ago when all the sci-fi series started back up, and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, we have so much like Orville and Strange New Worlds and For All Mankind, and I guess those are the big ones. Like all happening at the same time um i also do not am am, have very tempered expectations for this uh the hobbit movies were awful Mm -hmm. right Uh, i do not believe that this is uh peter jackson no i don't i don't think peter jackson is involved but i will say i got a lot of similar vibes to wheel of time Okay, fair. Uh, which, sure. which we watched a, a while ago. A few. They, they, I think those two will sit in the same area, the same space. Yeah, I mean, it's another, it's another Amazon Prime series. I don't mm-hmm. know if any of the same people are involved uh, in the production, right. um, but you know, there are a handful of like, you know, here are dwarves, and they still look like the dwarves. They look like the dwarves from Hobbit and mm-hmm. and Gimli. And there are some elves, and they look kind of like elves, but a little different. And here are some people, like, I don't really see, I don't see a lot of the iconic, and I don't know how far back, if it's, like, Cimmerillion stuff, where they're, you know, thousands I believe of, it is. Thousands I believe of it's, years I, in the past. I believe like, it's thousands of years ago. It's the forging of the ring. And I think when, before the, at the opening of, of the Fellowship, he says several thousand years or something, like thousands of years ago or something right. when the Cause war happened. Because it's so, it's so far back that nobody remembers it, right? right. Like nobody, nobody remembers this war except the handful of ancient beings, the like wizards yeah. and the elves, mm-hmm. who, who are still living, right? And it's like, how right. much would you remember or forget if you've been alive 4,000 years? Um, because I think it's I think it's something like that. Like Galadriel is somewhere in the neighborhood of four thousand years old, and she's right. She's in this, and, it, and th- this is this is very much centered on like the rise of Sauron, right? Sauron, Sauron. That seems to be that seems to be the indication. So I was a little, I was a little, um, you know, positive about it at first where I'm like, oh, this is going to be a different, we're going to see some peoples of the world and maybe some of it you'll recognize, but a lot of it you won't because the world has changed so much between this and and the Lord of the Rings story. 
uh, yeah. proper, which is, you know, one of the major themes of Lord of the Rings, is that an old world is passing on to make way for the new, which is the time that, that Tolkien lived in between the two world wars. Yeah. Um, and then there, you know, then there's Galadriel, and then they name drop Sauron, and I'm like, Sauron, is it, that's not far enough back. And then I thought, well, when was the war? Okay, the, the war was long, like ages and ages of men ago. So it could be a kind of interesting thing. But it, it gave me a similar feeling to in the Hobbit movies when they do all this foreshadowing about the necromancer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. they're so... Yeah. Like, we've all seen Lord of the Rings. We don't need you to put a bunch of Lord of the Rings foreshadowing in the Hobbit. And also just make one movie. We don't need three with a yeah. lot of filler. Uh, whatever. I don't want to rant about that. Um, so, so I don't know. Like, I, I'll definitely watch it. I hope that it's good. But after the Hobbit trilogy and after season one of Wheel of Time, um, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my expectations low. <laughs> that, that's fair. I, I think... Um, um, I watch. I, I played. Um, is it Shadow of Mordor for the mm-hmm. on the PlayStation, yep. uh, the Middle Earth game, and right. it was phenomenal. Like it, the story was so great. It, and it, mm-hmm. and I, if I'm not mistaken, it takes place before um, the Hobbit. Like it's it's in my. I, it's been a while since I've read the thing, but I was pretty sure that it takes place um, with like Sauron is in it, and he's not like a villain per se yet. He's a villain, but he's like secretly not a villain, right? Just a, just a force. Yeah. Well, well he's, yeah. And, and they tell a lot of the Presence. story about forging the rings and what he is and how, you know, he's not like he, he the, the similarity would tell you, like, it's not a, um, he's not this, this, he didn't, wasn't born an evil looking dude with sharp horns and looks like a goblin and then becomes an evil Lord of all the goblins. Right. He, he's like a, I think he's an elf or, or or a man or something like that. He just is a normal guy and then gets up there through gaining powers. And, and this is that story. But the that that story was so interesting about forging those rings and how he made it and how you trick the people into it. And I thought, man, this is this is a great story. Why aren't there more of these kind of stories about this world and these people who are right. just barely glimpsed at in the Lord of the Rings stuff? And now you get to like I, I got to experience their full kind of backstory and all new characters. And that was very cool. And I really liked it. And I know they couldn't do that before because the, the stranglehold that the Tolkien estate has had on, sure. on the story um, has been like a vice grip. Right. And now they're slowly starting to get into being able to make these kind of things. And this made me a little excited about that. Like if it can be like shadows of Mordor or shadows of war, um, like the Lord of the Rings games with those great stories, um, then I want, I want it. I'm, I'm in for yep. it. I love it. I love that idea coming, coming up where you do end up. Cause here's the thing. Sauron does get beat, right? We know we, we saw the right. very beginning of the first one, he gets defeated. Um, and maybe we see him just come into power or maybe we see all the way through wearing it's defeated at the end of the series or something. That whole thing. We, we know, unless the people are read the similarian, which is good luck. Uh, know very little about and it's a huge ripe area to explore and it doesn't have to affect anything with the movies that we've seen or the stories that right. we know now yeah and 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 i liked that i like that like just p- take it back man just take it way back and then <laughs> have the the guest stars occasionally gandalf will show up or something you know um but that, that's what i was kind of worried about with the game of thrones thing was that it, 
they're going to have to like shoehorn it straight into where we are. And now you to watch the rest of it, you're going to have to watch the Game of Thrones season. And like yeah. this or, one or is to a bring totally back, separate thing. You know, older actors to play younger versions of themselves. Yeah, I, I, I need any of that. I, I like I like how this one is going to go way back and just start over. Star Wars did that with the Revan games and things like that, where they're like three thousand years ago is where this story takes place. You're like, right. excellent. That's what you do. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about that that trailer. Uh, how much time we got left? Of it? Um, Black Adam. There's not much to say there. It's this. It's the Rock. As, the Rock. It's stuff. Doing, it's DC the with things. the Rock. I, I don't even know what to say about that one. There's. It's, yeah, I don't. I don't, and I don't know anything about the lore. So, um, it'll. I, I mean, it's yeah, the Rock. It's, it'll probably be funny, a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Or or mean. I don't really know. The problem is that he's he's. Um, Black Adam is a is what the, pretty much an anti-hero. He he's the guy that's like he does the right but he does not give a cred about any kind of moral laws in the world. Right. So he will I mean murder is obviously a thing. He he will cut off people's hands to if they're stealing. Those kind of people, right? Like that's his mm-hmm. thing and he, and you have no and he lives by the right of might, right? There's nothing he's as powerful as Superman. You can't you can't stop him, right? And woe be to the people that will try. Um, okay. And I don't know if um, The Rock will play that well or DC will do that well. I, don't, I, I do not give that great chances of actually coming across this. What could be a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, these trailers feel much more like, I don't know, this is like they're going to have buddy humans and kids and, you know, it's going to come right. across. So, yeah, it's fine. I'll watch it. Uh, <laughs> She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I, I have nothing more to say about this one than they had before, except That's- there's going to be... Even more CGI. Yeah, the, we're we weren't going to get into Marvel. Oh, that's all right. That's that's Marvel. Sorry, my bad. That's fine. I'll like I'll watch it. I like Tatiana Maslany. The trailer looked better than the the first one I saw. Um, it'll it'll probably be fine. I, I don't yeah. Know. Uh, the last one I was going to say was Teen Wolf. Actually, I don't know if you watched that one. Did you? I, was there a, was there a TV series? I only know the Michael J. Fox one. That's all I know. Uh, I know of that one and never saw it. I don't know if there was a TV series. Well, because this trailer had nothing to do with the Michael J. Fox stuff. It like, seemed all, all over the place. Is the... And, you know, I don't... I don't know that anything, I, but that trailer didn't tell me nothing. Yeah, the trailer didn't really tell me anything. Maybe Teen Wolf is a girl? Oh, I just did a, a wonderful expert um, movie watcher person thing and Googled it. So nice. I, I just Googled it and it looks like there was a 2011 TV series. That's so this like is on CW or something. Correct. You got it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the movie for that. Oh, okay. Then I'm so lost. Yeah. So now that means mark this off my list. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought it was going to be a, a remake of the, the, the very kitschy, funny, goofy Michael J. Fox playing mm-hmm. basketball in a wolf outfit from the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I and I thought, okay, okay, whatever, man. And then this one is like uh, Bella and whatever from, or what's that one that I didn't like too much? The witch one was Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but like right. the movie that right? that so, was Netflix. But um, yeah, or like uh, yeah. like Rain or um, Flash or Arrow or anything. <laughs> yeah, right. But now the movie, right? The movie. Okay. okay, so cool, cool. I'm actually glad about that. I can just take that off my radar altogether. One, one last. No, no, you know that's not bad though. It's for those people that want six seasons of the movie, right? Like you, if you really like your thing and they kind of want their movie, right? Yeah, good, good, good for the, them, not for me. 
All right, uh, they we're, were, we're running long here. So next yeah. week, we'll talk about the Marvel stuff and maybe some of these uh, sci-fi shows that, that we're watching and uh, getting closer. Oh, to real quick, I did want to say there was, because there there's one last one. For, I don't want to add it next week. Uh, there was a John Wick 4 trailer. Um, it, it's no more than any other John Wick movie. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't so. see that because I've only seen the first uh, John Wick movie. But the yeah. the scene, the series seems to be very um, uh, Mission Impossible, James Bond kind of. Yes, like, you got it like that. Like tell the same story every time, and that's yeah. fine. The, these that's, these three movies have been great for what they are. This fourth one seems like another one in that. So thumbs up. Yeah, nothing more to say about that. Right. right. Okay, so next week we'll be talking about the Thing from 1982. And, yeah, some Marvel stuff. So, you have been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 256. Thanks always to our friends at uh, LRM Online. Our buddy Fox is over there reviewing all the things. Check them out. Uh, if you want to reach out to us with all of your hot takes on the Marvel trailers for us to add into our discussion next week, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use contact forms there to reach out to us. If you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.